This episode is brought to you by my good friends at Huzo. Huzo is an acronym for human sound. Huzo delivers uniquely enhanced human toning sounds through headphones as well as through pads placed on your major acupuncture meridians on your body, which are your wrist and your ankles, thereby introducing a specific modulated frequency that are balancing and harmonizing throughout your body. One session takes about 30 minutes, and during that time, a strange series of tones create a natural resonance in your body that Huzo claims counteracts the harmful EMFs, toxins, and stresses you are exposed to during the day or just normal living, all while balancing the body, leaving you with a clear head, improved health, better sleep, and the feeling of calmness and well-being. You can try one at www.thisishuzo.com slash rebel. Use the code rebel25 to save $25. The folks at Huzo even have a great payment solution for you with terms up to 12 months. Check it out. I highly recommend this machine. It has changed my life and calmed me out. Thank you and enjoy this episode. The man that can thank his woman and give her the comfort of his assurance is the sexiest man ever. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast with Tom Underwood. Armed with truth and knowledge, your journey to a healthy lifestyle can be obtained. Preventative wellness, quality nourishment, and daily fitness routines dramatically improve your outlook on life as a whole. And you'll find the support and info you need to accomplish a healthier lifestyle here. Together, we can empower each other along our journey to an amazing you. Well, 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 on today's show, I have the world-renowned intimacy expert, Susan Bratton. And I have to say, this was one of the most fun episodes and interesting episodes I have ever recorded. I just know you're going to get so much value from it, and you'll probably also have a few laughs along the way, as I did. This episode was also on a topic that I really never gave much thought to, and that is gut health or the gut microbiome and sexual vitality and how important it is for your health and the health of your relationships. Before we get into this episode, here is a little background on my guest today, Susan Bratton. Susan is a famous trusted relationship expert. Susan Bratton is also considered the dear Abby of hot sex. She is a famous trusted relationship expert with a fantastic personality and intriguing expertise. Her knowledge across romance, relationships, libido, desire, arousal, sexual biohacking, masculine, feminine polarity, Regenerative medicine, orgasmic potential, and passionate lovemaking is second to none. She has written over 34 books on the topic of intimacy and has helped thousands of people fulfill their sexual desires. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it with Susan. 
And thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast, Susan Bratton. Well, from one rebel to another, it's good to be here, Tom Underwood. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to be had by you. (laughs) (laughs) I love your your personality. You're bubbly. I I I watch a lot of your YouTube videos, (laughs) and you're you're an amazing person. But before we dig into this episode, yeah, why don't we start with who Susan is? Okay. And how you became the Dear Abby of Hot Sex. (laughs) Yeah, that's a pretty good title. Um, One of my mentors actually gave me that title, uh, the Dear Abby of Hot Sex. I've also been called the Marriage Magician. I've also been called, um, well, the moniker that I go by is Trusted Hot Sex Advisor to Millions. But I found that, because I've been doing this a long time and I I truly have helped millions of people, but... uh, what I've recently settled into as who I am, because you know we're always evolving, all of us, every day, if we're lucky, right? Better than being in stasis. My current moniker is trusted intimacy wellness expert to millions. And it's interesting because those titles really chronicle my metamorphosis, my evolution as someone who essentially gives advice about relationships and sexuality, and definitely more on the sexuality side of things. And when I started, I started creating online programs, publishing home study courses that taught people how to transform having sex into making love by understanding more about orgasmic pleasure for both the masculine and feminine. And a lot of my early uh, programs that I published were things that taught people pleasuring skills because we can all make babies, but being a good lover is actually, those are learned skills. Those are techniques. So I started out in the world of techniques and teaching how you had heart-connected, passionate lovemaking, not just intercourse, friction, sex, transaction. I wanted connection rather than transaction. And so I studied what does it take to have really surrendered, highly satisfying, very deeply connected, pleasurable, orgasmic experience with another person? What And what's holding us back? How do I remove obstacles and give techniques? And then over time, I realized that That's all well and good, but all the techniques in the world don't work if you can't communicate behind closed doors. So then I worked a lot on communication techniques. And that's when you get into things that are, okay, I've been abused, or I'm pissed off at my husband and he wants sex, or you know, all the relationship, or I don't, I don't, I physically don't feel well, I'm sick, or my wife has cancer and we can't make love. You know, like there's a million things that get in the way of, or I'm just afraid to hurt his feelings, or I don't know what I want, but I know what I have isn't it. You know, like that's a spectrum of things that require communication. So I worked on bedroom communication skills, everything from how to get on the same team, the same pleasure team together, and to not take anything personally, how to understand the ebb and flow of desire, 
seduction strategies, which are very interesting, as well as things, and they fall into the category of dirty talk, but I don't actually like that word, but it's the word everybody knows what it means, which is kind of the sexy bedroom communication. Ways that you can have very erotic bedroom conversation that's a turn on rather than a turn off? What can be a turn on for people that isn't just dirty talk? What's the alternative to that so that you can get that verbal flow of pleasure conversation going? And then years after I did that, the third piece of the story really evolved for me. And that was my body parts hurt. A lot of people who come to my universe of wanting to learn how to be a better lover, knowing that their sexual development is part of their personal development, honoring and caring for their sex life and wanting to quote unquote work on it or play, learn the play skills of it, they tend to be older because when you're young, you don't know what you don't know. And then you kind of end up, you know, in your 30s having your kids and then your sex life falls apart and you're like, oh crap, what do I do? And then you kind of find me. So I'm in the realm mostly, although I help people of all ages from first-time virgins to 90-year-olds, you know. Um, My sweet spot is really that kind of like 40, 50, 60, 70-year-old, how do I make my sex life the best it can possibly be? And that's when your body starts to fall apart if you don't take care of it. And there are people who are in the health world, mostly people like biohackers and people who understand the importance of the foundation of health, who say, well, I don't want my sex life to age any more than I want the rest of my body to age. So how do I reverse the ravages of the of the aging process on my physical body? How do I keep myself feeling like I'm 30 even if I'm 60 at a, in a sexual you know, perspective? And so that's the three, the three legs of my kind of stool of my world. And that's the metamorphosis where I went from like hot sex to intimate wellness was techniques, communication skills, and sexual rejuvenation, ageless sexuality. That's kind of like the world that I live in. (laughs) That's amazing. That's awesome. And today we live in a society where we're bombarded with distractions. Yeah. Especially cell phones. Mm -hmm. And communication is not one of my strong points. And I have to work on that religiously. And one of the things I was thinking about yesterday as I was driving, and before we dive into the microbiome and sexual vitality, yeah, I was driving, I was listening to an episode you did with a mentor of mine, uh, Dr. Ruscio. Yeah. And uh, of Dr. Ruscio Radio, which is an amazing podcast. And something came to my mind about intimacy with a significant other. And I know we'll be hitting on some of the intimacy and, and relationships and communication in this episode. So I want to clear the waves of this part. Okay. Where do things like astro- astrological signs and the five and the love language, the four love languages come into play here? Yeah. With um, two people. Those are both what I would maybe call um, archetypal systems. Okay. So the astro- astrology is 12 archetypes. The five love languages are five different ways of expressing love. And everybody 
you know that saying, we have multitudes within us? We are all a little bit of everything, but we have dominant characteristics. And there are other things that impact what our sexuality is like and how it manifests in our personality, in the type of experiences we've had in life. Some of those things are everything from are we testosterone driven or estrogen driven, right? The masculine versus the feminine. The feminine needs more security than the masculine. The masculine feels generally safer. So one of the things you often hear about sexuality is um, bringing that masculine sexual leadership into the bedroom to make her feel safe enough and accepted enough, loved enough, adored enough, and sexually irresistible enough to let go and enjoy and take her pleasure. That's that's like that's a thing, right? That's an archetypal difference. There are other things such as whether a person in the bedroom is more auditory, visual, or kinesthetic. An example of that might be that um, someone who's very kinesthetic, they don't really like a lot of conversation or, and they like to maybe keep their eyes closed because they feel things more in their body. They don't like the distraction of the auditory and visual. Someone visual might really enjoy, let's just say it's a, it's a gentleman and he's very visual person in the bedroom. He gets off on seeing her maybe wearing lingerie or dancing for him, or they have um, sex in front of the mirror or something like that. Someone who is auditory in their sexual state, their theta brainwave state, which is the state of both meditation and orgasm, interestingly enough, um, that person who's auditory might love dirty talk, crave dirty talk, because they love to hear the stories and that turns them on more. There are different types of archetypes that all impact our sexual style. Um, My friend Jaya talks about um, the erotic blueprint. I think she has four different bedroom types, you know? There are people who are much more interested in doing things like role play or domination submission or what have you than other people. What I can tell you about all of that is that as you mature, what you liked sexually last month and last year and last decade is not what you like now. If you continue to expand your sexual potential and make new trysts with your lovers, more ideas, more concepts. I'll give you a perfect example. One of the best things about having a sexual partner is hearing their ideas of what's sexy, what's what's hot. Because what you'll find is that all of us have different things that we're drawn to and at different points in our life as we mature. And if you can have a running flow of sharing your turn-ons, oh, you know what I think would be really sexy now that I never thought of before? You know what I'd love to do sometime? You know what I've been fantasizing about? If your partner is really open to hearing those things, knowing that they're always in choice and you don't have to act on them, that it's simply words and it's you sharing vulnerably what's turning you on, often your partner will be like, damn, that's hot, baby. I never thought of that before. I'd be willing to try that except for this one little thing I'm worried about. And so then you accommodate. I can tell you that my husband is a font of 
dirty ideas. He is just a <laughs> dirty little horn dog. And I used to not like that about him at all before I had this transformation into embracing my sexuality when I lived in when I lived under what I thought other people expected me to be sexually rather than letting my own freak flag fly in the privacy of my own sex life, when I became empowered by my husband, mind you, he empowered me to enjoy my sexuality. He encouraged me to. He took me on incredible erotic adventures that opened me to my own sexual potential. And I began to love it when I would hear him say, you want to hear my fantasy? Because then I realized, damn, that guy's clever. He's got some great stuff. And I always have a good time with him. (laughs) And then that encouraged me to live into my own fantasy. And I used to have no fantasies. And then I started understanding how to... how to experience fantasy through my partner. And then I started having my own fantasies. So it's just one of those, I think if anything, when you net out everything we've been talking about, Tom, it's it's all a process. You're always evolving. Move toward what you what your joys yeah. are sexually. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, I'm 60, I'll be 61. And some of the stuff that you talk about it, was taboo for such a long time. Yeah. And, but we're going to dive into, you know, so speaking of being 60, oftentimes when we, people are experiencing issues sexually. Yeah. We want to dive into the hormones. Right. And this is the first thing that most of us consider when our libido is low. Yeah. Or the drive or desire is not there. And and essentially, it's a part of it. I mean, it is a part of it. I, yeah. I do hormone replacement therapy for myself. I know that when my testosterone levels are below 800, I get brain fog and I don't feel right. So when do we launch in this and unraveling some of that confusion of hormones replacement therapy? Yeah, sure. I've got a lot of videos at betterlover.com, which is my, which is where all my videos are. If you just go to betterlover.com that talk about what is, what is hormone replacement? What is bioidentical hormone replacement? What is, uh, what kind of tests should you get? Blood tests aren't enough. There's four point dried urine tests. Why you want to test beyond just testosterone and you want to test, uh, for, you want to test as, as a woman as well, testosterone, estrogen, you want to test cortisol, you want to test thyroid, how to read those numbers, et cetera. Because that's, um, you know, that's a, there's a lot of information there that once you hear it, it it's like, oh, okay, it's not that hard. I can definitely do hormone replacement therapy. And when you do bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, don't expect it to be a silver bullet with regard to uh, working instantly. Hormone replacement is a balancing act. It's very similar to getting a, you know, making a gravy and getting it just right. It has to have, you know, the right flavor profile for your body. And so oftentimes I've heard people say, well, I tried hormone replacement and it didn't do anything for me, or it didn't work, or I didn't feel good on it, or I got zits, or I got facial hair, or, you know, I got whatever. And, um, or I got, you know, I didn't feel it. And I just say that's because you just have to work with your doctor to keep tweaking it till you get it right. And then over time, as you age, you have to tweak it a little bit more as your physiology continues to change. So it's a, it's not hard, 
but it's not like I take a pill and I'm I've suddenly got this raging libido. It's 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 a spectrum type right. of thing. The other thing to understand is that libido, there's I really like to explain the stack of libido, desire, and arousal because okay. libido is really your body and your health. And I want to circle back to that so that you can understand that it's more than just your hormones. Your hormones are not the magic pill. And there are some other things that you can do to increase and get back a libido that's gone missing. But it can't really do that unless you understand desire and arousal. So desire is how you feel about yourself, how you feel about sex, how you feel about your partner. Do you want them and do you feel wantable? (laughs) Do you feel desirable? Because a lot of sexuality is not just about the physical I've got an urge, I'm horny, I'm lusting. It's those things come from you feeling good about yourself and your partner. So if uh, you have body image issues or you've had some traumas in the past or you've grown up in a religiously repressed household that's made you feel that sex is bad, you have to kind of clean up those issues before you can really get to the level of libido where you're just like, you know, like I feel. And for through history, through the ages of time, people have always wanted to have more libido because when you have high libido, it's really your life force. Libido is just your your hunger for life, your life force, your lust for life, your desire, your creativity, your passion. So if you have a low libido, often it comes from emotional and physical health issues. So we're going to come back to that. But let's hit the top of the stack, which is arousal. And this is another area where you might have a pretty good libido and you might feel pretty good about yourself and your partner, but you're really not getting turned on or having the level of orgasmic response that you want. And a big part of that comes to engorgement and having enough time to get fully aroused and turned on. Often, the single biggest... There are two big mistakes that people make in their sex lives. One of them is they don't communicate with each other. And we can circle back to that because I have a technique for that called the Sexual Soulmate Pact. So if you want to put a bookmark on that, it's at sexualsoulmatepact.com. If we run out of time, you can download the communication technique that explodes passionate lovemaking. That's the first mistake. And then the second mistake is having sex too fast, rushing it. The quickie is the shittiest sex you can ever have because you don't give yourself time to get fully aroused. And when a man sees that he has an erection, he thinks he's ready to go. And when he's ready to go, often the woman feels like, okay, this is when we have sex. The problem is that while he has about 50% of the erectile tissue in his penis showing outside of his body in his penis, 50% of that erectile tissue is inside in his abdomen. All that, those corpus cavernosum and corpus spongiosum, the erectile chambers of his penis travel in his body. And he's often not getting fully engorged and getting a complete erection and getting as hard as he can. And blood flow is very, very important for satisfaction and sensation and pleasure as well as penetration. For her, she's got 
the same amount of erectile tissue, but only 5% of it shows and 95% of it is inside, wrapped all around like a, a beautiful bracelet. A, a, the golden handcuff <laughs> of erectile <laughs> tissue around her vaginal canal. It's not just the tip of the clitoris, but the legs, the arms, the shaft of the clitoris, the urethral sponge, which some people erroneously called a G-spot. It's not a spot. It's a long noodle, a tube of sponge, the perineal sponge down at the base of her vaginal canal. None of those structures get enough pleasuring before penetration for her to get to the kind of intercourse orgasms that all women are capable of, but few women achieve because they don't understand and they get rushed for sex. So arousal really means slowing down, taking your time, having lots of stimulation to the genitals, oral pleasuring, manual pleasuring, not just, ooh, I'm erect, let's go for it. And that's why over time, women in long-term monogamous relationships want less and less sex because a guy's pretty much ready to go if he sees an erection where for her, if she's been rushed time after time after time after time after time after time, no, she no longer wants sex, number one. And number two, she's bored to death by it because it's the same old, same old thing. So boredom, and lack of engorgement of her erectile tissue are her two biggest libido killers. Not the fact that her estrogen and testosterone have dipped with age and potentially with gut microbiome. Awesome. That's good stuff, man. It's so true. You know, it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting dance. It's an interesting dance. It's an interesting courtship of all of the... What were the three again? Arousal? Libido, desire, and arousal. Okay. And I think about them as a stack with libido on the bottom, arousal on top. I'm sorry, desire on top of that, and then arousal at the top. It's a ladder. If okay. you don't have the foundation of health and you don't feel good about sex and your partner, you never get to the engorgement, arousal, and sensation and pleasure that great creates great sex. Hmm. Interesting. We're going to come back to that. Okay. Because there's a lot there. <laughs> and, and it's interesting because, especially now that we're, we've got a lot going on in the world with this COVID-19. There's a lot of worries. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear. A lot of people financially struggling. So I'm sure a lot of, we'll get back to that, but I'm sure a lot of that has to play, has a lot of play here. Yeah. So my followers and clients know I preach a lot about gut health and, yeah. and gut health is king in my book. And Hippocrates said it many, many years ago, that all disease begins in the gut. Let's dive into the health of our microbiome and its role and sexual vitality. Yep. It is ground zero for sexual vitality. The gut is where your body produces most of your neurotransmitters, your feel-good brain chemicals, and your hormones. Though your adrenals, your ovaries, your, your testes, etc., your thalamus, those are the infrastructure responsible for carrying out all of that work to produce hormones and neurotransmitters. Um, without a couple of things, and, 
And those are essentially a state of flow is how I think about it. You have to have very good blood flow and biomes to produce the level of hormones and neurotransmitters that are needed for health and sexual health. Blood flow is very, very important because your hormones, your brain is managing the calls to your body to produce your hormones. If there's not enough blood flow in your brain, you're not managing the hormonal production system well. The second thing that's important is in your microbiomes, biomes, the biomes of your gut, your mouth, your vagina, and your prostate, and your breasts, they're all biomes. So if your central biome, the gut biome, is messed up, it's it's there's a discordance in your entire body. So you're looking at potentially vaginal infections or prostate issues or breast pain or cancer or infections when your biomes are off. So if you don't have the core biome working, it's a downstream negative effect on all the biomes. And if and when I go back to, to talking about flow, I think about blood flow and I think about pooing and peeing. And I also think about sweating. When you have a good system where every day you get up and you poo and the poos just fall out of you, they're easy, there's no strain, they're a good shape and size, you're using, you're utilizing your food, there's no irritable bowel system, no constipation, you're regular, everything looks good, they're not greasy, they're not floating, you know, they're just good solid craps. That's ground zero nirvana for a solid immune structure and a biome system. And if you're not doing that, that's the place to start is to fix your gut so that you're having those really good poops. That's when you know your gut is working well, when you're not having food allergies and you feel like you're you're getting your hormones produced and your neurotransmitters produced. You don't have anxiety, depression, etc. So that's the first thing. And I think that for many people, they go for probiotics, but I would say as well that enzymes are very, very important, especially as we age, we lose our stomach acid. And so having uh, enzymes with betaine HCL, HCL in them are very important to support your system in digesting the food as well as getting good probiotic cultures into your microbiome. And then of course, eating all those great things like your fermented foods are very important. Having your sauerkraut with dinner and you know, uh, making your homemade yogurts and things like that, really good for you. All of that can go a long way. I mean, don't go out and start doing hormone replacement till you've got a good gut flow because you could take a bunch of hormones, but if your liver is full of toxins because your body can't clear itself of those toxins, then you're not going to be absorbing the hormones you're sticking in your body anyway. You're just going to be beleaguering your liver. So once everything's flowing, and that includes being very well hydrated, 
so that you're also peeing really well, then you want to look at nitric oxide production. By the time you're 60, you have half the nitric oxide production you did when you were 30. You literally can't shuttle the the blood around in your body. When you're thinking about things, you need blood to your brain. When you're eating and digesting, you need blood to your belly. When you're making love, you need blood to your genitals. Women who suffer from vaginal laxity and from lack of lubrication often think, oh, I need to do bioidentical hormone replacement. I need to do estrogen cream so that I can fix my hormones. The problem is what they actually overlooked is that they're not getting blood flow to the pelvic bowl. The first place our body starts to conserve our blood flow as we get cardiovascular disease, as we age, or if we have diabetes, or if we simply don't get enough exercise and the natural loss of nitric oxide production, which is what is the vasodilator that allows us to have our body move the blood around our system. Um, The women think it's estrogen, but in reality, often if they just get on a nitric oxide supplement, they get their blood flow back and they feel so much better because um, that's the first place your body shuts down. Men know that Erectile dysfunction is an early warning sign of cardiovascular issues and blood plaque, which calcifies and makes your arteries brittle. So the first place you experience it is lack of erection. Well, the problem is women have exactly the same problem, but they can't see it because it's 95% eeny and only 5% outy. So you don't get that same visual cue that there's a problem. And women don't have any glands in in their vaginal canal that make lubrication all the lubrication comes from blood plasma. So if you're dehydrated or if you're having urinary tract issues or vaginal issues, often it's actually from a lack of blood flow. You need the blood flow to your brain to make the hormones. You need the blood flow to your genitals to feel the pleasure and to get lubricated. But people want to go to these you know, draconian type of remedies when the most simple thing is to eat more leafy greens, drink your beet, carrot juice, <laughs> you know, have lots of cabbages, kohlrabis, dills, you know, things like that. And then top up your nitric oxide with some kind of a great nitric oxide supplement. That's why I make one. I make a nitric oxide supplement. It's the first organic nitric oxide supplement made from fruit and vegetables, not in a Chinese lab with a vat filled with corn liquor, which is how most things are made, right. or from a beetroot that is not organic. So uh, mine's made with watermelon, organic watermelon rinds, organic spinach, vitamin C, and believe it or not, procyanidins, which is the tannins from pine bark, French maritime pine bark. And I also put NAC and acetylcysteine in mine because what all of that does is it increases absorption and slows down. It's very similar to a PDE5 inhibitor like Viagra, Levitra, Cialis, but it's for men and women. It gets blood flowing and keeps it flowing. So I'll send you a link to that and I'll be happy to send Absolutely. you a bottle too, Tom. It's called Flow. It's at the20store.com and it's called Flow. And it was funny, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, yesterday and I, I was, she's trying to reverse some vaginal atrophy. And I said, are you taking your flow? And she said, man, I took that and it was making my face red. And I went, wow, that's really good. Okay, well, don't take two capsules, take one capsule and take it at night because that's actually when your nitric oxide 
repairs itself and builds itself up because your nitric oxide is a gaseous signaling molecule that's actually available through your saliva. But if you use bacterial mouthwashes, antibacterial mouthwashes, Mm. and or you take proton pump inhibitors or acid blockers or TOMS or things like that, you've basically killed your ability to even make your own nitric oxide out of the foods you eat. So you've got to eat the foods, get off the antibacterial mouthwashes, use iodine instead. Nascent iodine is very good with a water pick. Just that'll clean the bacteria out of your mouth. And then don't, and then support your gastric juices. You need high gastric juices. If you have acid indigestion or acid reflux or GERD, or H. pylori bacterial overgrowth, it's because you don't have enough stomach acid. You actually need to increase it with enzymes and betaine HCL and get off those things that are ruining your blood flow. It's going to give you freaking dementia, heart disease. You do not want to be on that crap. That stuff is some of the most prescribed uh, uh, medicine there is out there. And it's it goes the opposite of what you actually need. Hey you, yeah you, are you frustrated with understanding your recent lab work? Does your primary care physician say your labs are normal, but you still feel sick? Yeah, I've been there. I know that feeling. In my approach, when working with clients, my only concern is to achieve optimum results for you. I truly believe in a test, don't guess philosophy and getting to the root cause of dysfunction in the body, which is why I created this free lab tracker report so that you can fully understand your lab results and start to feel exceptional again. To get my free lab tracker report, text REBEL to 66866. When you download my free lab tracker, you will finally understand how to decipher your optimal ranges for your lab work, why you aren't feeling well, even though your lab work is normal, which lab results actually matter. The truth about this will actually shock you. No more wondering what all those numbers actually mean. My free lab tracker helps you understand the results of your lab evaluations so that you can take action toward better health starting today. It will be a relief when you get it and no longer have to wonder what all those numbers actually mean. So, download my free lab tracker right now and take the first step to optimal health. Text REBEL to 66866. Again, that's REBEL to 66866. Enjoy the rest of the show. I love the fact that you mentioned the food sources because it's obviously very important. Yeah. And we don't just gloss over food sources. We go right, we usually go right for supplements. Yeah. But food sources are important. And I try and instill in my clients to eat just real food. If you eat real food, not processed garbage, or I call it garbage, but processed food. Yeah. Do you have a list somewhere online? Or on your website for people to look at those and make sure they're incorporating plenty into their diet? Yeah, I'll send you a link to that. Okay. Um, I think it's something like the, you know, the 15 highest nitric oxide producing foods. I'd love to give you my salad dressing recipe. Absolutely. 
It's really easy. And I'll also send you a link to it. One of the things that I do is every morning, what I have for breakfast is a smoothie. It's basically vitamin sludge. I make my own yogurt at home, 36-hour incubation of El Rudera yogurt with uh, organic collagens and greens and some extra supplements in there. I like maca in mine because that's a libido supplement. But I want to talk about libido supplements too. Let's get yep. to that. Um, but I put the maca in my smoothie every morning. Um, and I put liposomal vitamin C in there, of course, and, and lots of good things. And then at lunch, what I have every day is a salad. And that salad is lots of leafy greens. And uh, I like jicama, ca- carrots, celery, radishes. And a lot of times I sprinkle pepitas, uh, pumpkin seeds on there. Pumpkin seeds are excellent for the prostate and breast microbiomes. Zinc. They're very, very good for you. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the, the fatty acids in pumpkin seeds are very good. Pumpkin, Styrian pumpkin oil is a very good product if you have any kind of prostate issues. So, um, and then I liberally pour my homemade salad dressing over that salad every day. Because one of the things that you want to do when you're trying to get your poops to pirouette like a ballerina out of your butt every morning is you want to get a lot of healthy fats. And people don't get enough healthy fats. They don't get enough of the omega-3s. So one of the things that I like to do is I like to make my own salad dressing because all bottled dressings have stabilizers, fixatives, sugars, preservatives, emulsifiers, basically things that gunk up your system. And it is so easy to make your own dressing. And when you do, you begin to love salads at a level you never loved them before because they finally taste good and real. And dressing is so easy to make. You just take a big jar with a lid. You put in a cup of oil. I like organic avocado oil. It's very healthy. It's very light. It's almost tasteless. It's not strong and sharp like avocado, like olive oil can be. Uh, olive oil is very expensive, first pressed oil, and it's sharp tasting to some people who are super tasters. So avocado oil is wonderful and it's reasonably priced and very healthy. Take a cup of organic avocado oil, chosen brands, Primal Kitchen, they're very easy to find. And then you take a quarter cup of vinegar. You can use any kind of vinegar. I find balsamic to be too strong. I personally like red wine vinegar, especially if you can get a locally sourced red wine vinegar from Mm. Napa Valley or something like that. They're very nice. Even apple cider vinegar is very good for you. I think the red wine vinegar tastes the best. I also like vinegar from Sherry, from Spain, from Jerez. That's very nice vinegar. So it's similar to balsamic, but not so strong. You might, you might like a little balsamic in there or maybe something like a reduced balsamic or a fig vinegar or something with a little sweetness. Just a dash of that on top of it if you like things a little sweeter. And then one tablespoon of French Dijon mustard. And that keeps in your refrigerator a jar of that for months, years even, I think. The mustard emulsifies the oil and vinegar together. So you get an almost creamy vinaigrette. And then you can put a simple herb in there. The best herbs that I've found that work really well is either, not together, one or the other, savory, dried savory, you can get it at the grocery store, or dried marjoram. A little salt, a little pepper, and you're good to go. I also like alliums. The allium family is very healthy. So I usually take a shallot 
and chop it, mince it really fine. And sometimes I'll crush one clove of uh, garlic in there. But it's a little strong to me, raw garlic. So what I usually like is a shallot. The shallot, the Dijon, the avocado oil, the vinegar, the salt, the pepper, all just shake it up in a bottle and pour it on. It's the best thing you've ever had. You nice. can you can riff on that basic recipe. One cup of oil, one quarter cup of vinegar, one tablespoon of Dijon. That's the, the foundation for put any fresh herb in there you want. You could put oregano in there with your red wine and kind of make it like a Greek or an Italian vinaigrette with a little bit of garlic salt, things like that. It gets people eating salad. Like all my friends are like, can you make me a jar of that dressing? And I'm like, I can, <laughs> but here's the, here's the recipe. You can make it yourself. It's like, well, you don't have to do anything but chop a shallot. You don't even have to put that in there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, I love that recipe to, to put on here for the listeners. Yeah. One thing you mentioned about in the microbiome is the oral microbiota. Yeah. And and why is that so important? Because what I, I know why it's so important, but for the listeners, because that's where everything starts. Yeah. But why is it so important for your sexual vitality? Sure. Let's just say, oh, and here's another thing I like to put in my salad. Okay. I like to take a, an organic beet. I like to peel it. And I like to chop it in little squares, diced it's called when you take little, when you make them in little squares and throw that in my salad, a raw beet right raw in my beet. salad. It's delicious. You do not need to cook those things. And that, those crappy little beets you get in the plastic shrink wrapped, probably oh, full yeah, of BPA, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I heart beets or whatever. Yeah. That, that looks lethal to me. I don't like to buy anything <laughs> wrapped in plastic. Right. Um, it's nice when you just get a fresh beet. You can also peel beets, put them in a pot, chop them up, put them in a pot, and then chop the beetroot tops and cook the beets in a pot with some water and small spice. And then right near the end of the cooking, throw the greens on top and put the lid on and steam the greens right on top uh, of the beets. It's absolutely fantastic. Beet greens are more delicious than Swiss chard. I love beet greens. I love beets. So I do yeah. too. I love fresh organic beets cooked with the greens. Yeah. They taste delicious together. So let's just say you're eating your salad and you've got those beets in there. You ch you're chewing the beets up and there are these little crypts in your tongue where the bacteria live. And those bacteria actually convert the nitrates. That's what the beet has in it. It's called a nitrate and it's not bad for you. Nitrates are used to preserve sausages and things like that, but it's also something that's that's found in the plant, natural, and your body needs it to create nitric oxide. The nitrates are converted by the bacteria to nitrites. And then you swallow that and it goes down into your stomach. And then it's nitrites in your system. And then your stomach acid converts the nitrites into nitric oxide. Uh, and the nitric oxide is stored in your salivary pump system. Every time you swallow, you're swallowing nitric oxide that's dispersing into your blood system and allowing your body to open and close your blood vessels wherever it needs to send blood to manage your hormone production, your digestion, your turn on, your brain function. That's what it is, a pump. Your blood vessel system is a pump system, and okay. the pump is powered by nitric oxide. Nice. All right, let's talk about supplementation a bit. Yeah. 
Citrulline is one for nitrous, nitric oxide, right? Yeah. Citrulline is the best, the best thing that you can that you can eat for nitric oxide production, especially as you age. Your arginine, your ability to convert arginine to nitric oxide is actually diminished. But citrulline works on a different pathway and it works very well. And that comes from watermelon. So for example, in my flow product, what I use is the citrulline from organic watermelon rind, which is where it has the highest concentration. And I use spinach powder in my supplements, which gives you the nitrates. You're getting citrulline and nitrates. Those are both very good. Uh, Libido is really dependent upon blood flow. So ground zero for libido is not hormones, it's blood flow, and it's your nitric oxide system. (laughs) What's nice about nitric oxide too is that it's also an immunity booster. It cleans your blood and it also gets rid of arterial plaque so it doesn't calcify. So your arteries don't get brittle. So you don't get heavy legs and tingling feet and you know, all that kind of stuff too. And lack of brain cognition, you need blood flow to your brain. So that's good. But for libido, there are also actual libido botanicals. And I've studied this category deeply. And for thousands and thousands of years, people all over the world in indigenous cultures have wanted to feel more turn on desire and arousal. This is not new to our crazy generation that we want to feel more turned on. Uh, This is something that we as humans have always desired. And you'll find that in each continent, in in most cultures, there are certain plants that the indigenous people used to to you know, to have to have this libido boost. What's interesting is that a lot of them have also now had human trials, and the ones that have had human trials, they can tell you how much of this botanical at what percent of you know strength you need to support your libido. So the best ones are Tonkata, and they work on masculine and feminine bodies. These are not just something for men or women. These are for people across the gender spectrum. So every day you want to take your maca powder, about three grams of maca. Every day you want to have cacao, which means you get to eat your dark piece of dark chocolate every day. And then libido is supported by fenugreek, tonkatali, and tribulus terrestris. They happen to be, one is a uh, one is an Asian, one is a Mediterranean, and one is an Indian libido botanical. And all three of them work very well. The thing about people is everybody's a little bit different physiologically. So for you, Tom, you might love tribulus. And for me, I might love fenugreek or tonkarali. One of them might give me more dirty thoughts and more desire, you know, like, ooh, I'm thinking about sex more. Might have be like an overall feeling. Another one of these botanicals might actually be like, damn, that's the best clitoral erection I've ever had. My orgasms were amazing, right? You never know how a particular botanical is going to affect you. So it's good to cycle through them and try the different ones because the you, the plants themselves are not pharmaceuticals where if you just keep taking it forever, it continues to work. Plants tend to achieve a peak and then wear off. You kind of, your body kind of acclimatizes or acclimates to 
a botanical. So herb cycling is something that you'll often find with people who use a lot of supplements and things. They won't stay, they won't take the same thing all the time. So what I did was I said, okay, well, I want to create these libido supplements for people. But I wanted, I don't want to put everything in one thing because that's like pixie dust where you don't know what's working, number one. And number two, you can't get enough of the material in a couple of pills for it to make a difference. So I wanted to have the full amount of the libido botanicals that are shown both through ancestral wisdom as well as through human trials to positively affect a libido across the gender spectrum. Because I have a lot of couples who follow me and they want just to get one bottle of something and take it, right? And they right. trust me. So what I did was I said, all right, well, this is great, but I want people to take their daily vitamin too. Because for example, I might give you Tonkat Ali, but all of your testosterone could be bound because you're not, you don't get any boron. Mm-hmm. And boron is actually the mineral that allows your body to get the testosterone bound to the protein off the protein so that it's free testosterone your body can utilize. So this is the thing. If you've got good detoxification and you've got a good foundation of vitamin and minerals in your body on a daily basis, then you can add the libido supplements. But don't be adding libido supplements to a broken system, right? right? Exactly. I'm pre- preach, right? Yeah, preach it. Yeah, I'm letting you preach. Go preach it because that's I preach it all the time. You have to have that. You have to have that system doing what it's supposed to do. And if you don't, you're not, you can add all the stuff in there in the world. There's not going to work. So that's what I did. I created a daily multivitamin, multimineral complex with 100% of the USDA daily values of, of all the things you need that's shareable by a, by a couple if they want it to be or usable by a single. And it's for the midlife person, 40, 50, 60, 70 year old. It's not for the 20 or 30 year old. And that way, you get a 90-day supply. So you have the same vitamin mineral in every bottle, but each of the three bottles just has the one libido supplement in it. Tonkat Ali, Tribulus Terrestris, and Fenugreek. So then you do one for 30 days. It takes about 10 days to hit the peak. And then you go to the next one after 30 days and 10 days to hit the peak. Then you go to the next one after 30 days, 10 days hit. And then you go back to the one that you started with. So you're rotating, you're herb cycling, but you're always getting the selenium, the iodine, the, you know, the vitamin D, the vitamin C, and methylated B9. There's a thing that's really shitty about most vitamins, and that is that a large percentage of us, and even higher in people of color, is a genetic allele, a gene mutation called MTHFR, which means that we can't process folic acid, which is a very inexpensive version of B9. B9 is folate. That's your leafy green stuff. It's what allows you to utilize the proteins that you eat, among many other things, including building good cellular walls. Folic acid is literally toxic to many, many people. It literally ends up getting stuck in their body. So what I did was I put 5-MTH which is methylfolate, a, a very expensive version. 50% of the cost of my vitamins 
comes from that one vitamin B9. It's that expensive. Most that's why you won't find it in drugstore vitamins. It's just, you know, not there. So um, we're learning more and more about genetics and how important it is to make sure that you're not taking things you can't methylate or absorb or get rid of. So you don't get toxic levels of junk in your system. Where can people find your supplements? At the20store.com. T-H-E-2-0 store.com. Yeah, the 20 is the 80-20 rule. 20% of what you do actually gets 80% of the results. Mm -hmm. So I like, it's called the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule. Okay. So I called it the 20 because it's the 20% of things that get results. Okay. (laughs) Oh my goodness. This has been awesome. Before we close out, we touched base on communication skills. Yeah. I want to touch on that for a a little bit before we close out. And then I want you to kind of do a wrap up and give the listeners some takeaways and where to find you. So let's start with the communication and, and how do we incorporate that into this crazy world that we're in today? And also, you know, this little gadget, the cell phone is evil. I mean, it's great because it keeps us connected, but it's also evil in a relationship with others, not just a spouse or a significant other, but friends and family. So how, how do we communicate? How do we open those lines of communication when things aren't going well? Yeah, um, there's a couple things, and I, I want to keep it specifically sexually. Right. How do you talk to your partner and ask for what you want even if you're not sure what you want, but what you have is not what you want? (laughs) Or how do you ask for what you want or need when you know what it is, but you're afraid of hurting your partner's feelings? A lot of times, men being testosterone dominant have an overconfidence in their skill set, which is good because male confidence is very, very important for our species. You are our protectors. We need you to take care of us in many ways as, as the feminine. Um, you know, it's even though women have a lot of equality, it's still dangerous out there for us. And the problem is that guys often think they're better in bed than they are. And women are afraid to tell guys what they need because one, they don't have a lot of sexual self-confidence. They're not really sure what they want. What they want seems to keep changing. So that's like, oh God, you know, yesterday I wanted it this way. Now I don't like that at all. That's not working for me. And they're kind of embarrassed about how changeable they are. That's estrogen. Estrogen is very changeable. That's one of the things men like about women. And I'm I'm doing a lot of generalizations here, obviously. Like we talked about with the archetypal systems, everyone's on the spectrum of everything. We have the multitudes within us. Some days we women are, you know, courageous Xena warriors. And other days we are, you know, we, we need to be babied and held by the strong arms of our man. Right. So <clears throat> we want to be able to express all of those things and have him track with us. And one of the things that I notice about a lot of women is they are embarrassed about their changeability and they're afraid to hurt their guy's ego. So this sexual soulmate pact really helps women 
and their masculine partners. And it doesn't matter whether you're same-sex couple, you're gender non-binary. This all works for everybody. I like to talk about the masculine and feminine, but it doesn't really matter. This, This stuff works for everybody. It's about getting on the same team and understanding that in every moment, we're different. We want something different. I may be a tigress one day and a kitty cat the next. You might need and want to have, you know, very soulful, connected, full body contact, deep kissing sex one day. And the next day, you might be in the mood to do something a little playful or, you know, silly, a different position, have it do a try a different position or make love in a different part of the house or get dressed up or do a role play or, you know, the, the ability to have fun in sex is something that couple can decide they want to do together. And then that opens you up to saying what you need in every moment makes it easier and understanding that we're always different and changing. And so you didn't do anything wrong. If I tell you what my body is telling me it needs right now, it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. So don't take it out on me or don't take it personally or don't take it like rejection. Just thank me for cluing us in on how to get me to have better orgasms. When a woman, and I'm just going to use the woman man, when a woman can say anything she needs to say to her partner, and it's and let's just say it's a male-bodied partner to her man, and he's like, got it, baby. How's that feel? Is this better? Thanks, babe. Yeah. Keep telling me. I want to know everything. Just tell me everything, baby. I just want to give you incredible pleasure. Whatever you need, babe. This is how most men are. They're not, I know, or you don't have to tell me. That's that's what some young men do sometimes because they've got so much testosterone. <laughs> the average 60-year-old man is the best lover he's ever been in his life. If he's taken good care of his health, he has good erectile function, then he is slow, experienced, and on board to give her as many orgasms as she can have. So if I can get people to enter into this sexual soulmate pact, this agreement. And I made it a technique that's a PDF that's downloadable. It's free. You just go to sexualsoulmatepack.com and download it. It's a really good date night conversation. You both get a copy, you read it, and you discuss. And then you give it a try. It takes a little training for him to acknowledge her every single time she asks for something. But when he does that, it makes her feel like she he really is open to it and welcomes her expression of what would feel better in this moment. And when he realizes it's not rejection or him doing anything wrong, and he like really leans into, come on, baby, tell me what else? Anything else? How does it feel harder still? Or is this hard enough? Like as he starts talking to her like that, and he never contracts, when she gives him feedback, instead he's like, got it. Then she feels comfortable enough to really start telling him what her body's telling her she needs. And then sex just gets so good, so good. And one of the things about the soulmate pact, the sexual soulmate pact, is that 
you stop saying please and thank you in the bedroom. Honey, could you please blah, blah, blah. You know what? The bedroom is not the place for the good mannerly girl. If she has to do please and thank you, so she doesn't hurt your feelings, then she's out of her turned on mind and into her let's conduct business mind. And let's conduct business mind is not the mind of orgasm. So when he can just have her blurting out anything she needs, and he's like, got it, baby. How's this? Thanks, babes. Got it. I hear you. Mm, got it, babe. Thanks. When, when he's assuring her that he loves her feedback and just letting her be in the flow, the flow again, we're back to letting it flow. That is very, very, it escalates into incredible satisfaction for both parties. And why should he say thank you when she doesn't have to say please is a place where a lot of people get stuck. And for a lot of very masculine men who don't like to thank a woman, it can be difficult at first for him to thank her. But when he thanks her, he's assuring her that he's man enough to handle anything she can throw at him, which signals to her that she can surrender deeply to her turn on in the moment because she is safe to be ruthlessly, sexually self-expressed. The man that can thank his woman and give her the comfort of his assurance is the sexiest man ever. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I, that's, that's great. I don't even think we need any more. But you have over 35 books and programs written. I know. It's insane. Yeah, it is insane. And like I said in the beginning, I follow you for a while. I get your emails and I scroll through them and read them. And, and I watch some of your videos. For a long time, I was completely amazed when you reached out to me. And I'm glad you did. I thank you for that. I thank you for listening to my episodes. Yeah. One thing, where can people find you? And I know you're going to email me some links. So, but where can people find you? Personallifemedia.com has thousands of articles that I've written on pretty much every aspect of sexuality. And there's a search box right at the top. Whatever your question, go to personallifemedia.com and plug in the question, and you'll probably get a few articles with an answer that'll help you and places to go to find more. If you want to follow my videos, go to betterlover.com. If you want the Sexual Soulmate Pact, go to sexualsoulmatepact.com. If you want to know more about Susan Bratton, you can go to Instagram at Susan Bratton. That's where I put kind of sexy pictures of myself and stuff like that. And then uh, if you'd like to check out my supplement line, it's at the20store.com. Okay. All right. One question I ask my guests, all my guests, if Susan Bratton had 30 to 45 minutes to chill out and relax and unwind, what album or artist would you put on to listen to? Oh, well, uh, my husband, Tim Bratton, 
to whom I've been married almost 30 years. If I had 30 to 45 minutes, I'd want to have an expanded orgasm, do a date with him where he does a genital stroking technique to me where I get to completely receive and relax. And he has this super sexy playlist that he's sculpted over the years on probably Pandora. That is what I would like to listen to. Okay. So it's a, it's a culmination of all of the songs that he's noticed turn me on the most. (laughs) (laughs) All right, great. Now, let me ask you about the 30-minute massage thing. Yeah. Is Is that somewhere to be found? Yeah, that's at Expand Her Orgasm Tonight. Okay. And Tom, I'm happy to give you these programs, happy to send some supplements to you. So just let me know what Absolutely. you want to do. Email Absolutely. me back and let me know. Expand her orgasm tonight. It's um dot com. Uh, there are three free pleasure reports you'll get. What is expanded orgasm? The power of peaking, which is really understanding how a nervous system, how the woman's nervous system works so that you can take her to levels of extended, massive orgasm that she's never experienced before. It goes opposite to what testosterone dominant men think is the right thing to do. So it's really helpful for guys who want to come women super hard and well. And the so what is orgasm? Uh, and then the third book is Touching for Rapture. It's a touch technique that's very, very important for getting to more sophisticated levels of advanced sexual mastery. And then at that website, you can also purchase Expand Her Orgasm Tonight, which is a home study course for couples with 21 erotic play dates that teach you the tenets of having an expanded orgasm practice. And an expanded orgasm practice is a genital stroking technique that takes women into and holds them in the moment of climax for long extended periods of time. It stacks ever-expanding, ever-intensifying orgasmic pleasure in her body. And uh, it can also be done to men, and there are parts of it where you know she can also do you. But this is really about helping women get get to achieve their full orgasmic potential. Wow! All right. <laughs> Thank you so much for today. Tom. Much love to you. Much love to you. Thank you for joining in today with the Rebel Health Coach, Tom Underwood. And be sure to subscribe to the show so you can catch all the episodes. With desire and commitment, you can implement a lifestyle of wellness and fitness. For the support, encouragement, and tools you need to be successful, visit TomUnderwood.net.